0: Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast.
1: Oh, burn it down. Save us all before they burn it down
0: This episode of the Fast and Law Podcast is brought to us by our dear friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association, the United States CCA helps responsible Americans like you prepare for what happens before, during, and after in an active act of lawful self-defense. USCCA members get life-saving education, expert training, plus self-defense liability insurance. Plus, a USCCA membership is always risk-free with their 100% money-back bulletproof guarantee. Membership is truly an investment worth exploring. Click learn more below right now to activate your U.S. Concealed Carry Association membership. Click Learn More right now. And also, one of the benefits of being a member, you get their monthly Concealed Carry magazine. And as a reminder, the United States Concealed Carry Association is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. And you know, one of the critical issues that we're facing right now is this whole mutilation issue of our children. And I did that monologue about it last week because this really does concern me and that the left believes that our children are not allowed to be children, that they are indoctrinating our children, and they really are undermining the omniscience and the omnipotence of God by trying to say that God didn't get it right. We can get it right ourselves. And so when I look at this collusion between the progressive socialist left and members of the medical industrial complex, what is going on, we've got to have people that stand up and fight to protect our children. They recently passed a legislation, signed into law in Florida. And of course, President Biden has come out and attacked Florida and they're trying to make a federal law that will allow our children to be mutilated. We got to stop that. And here in Texas, we got problems because for whatever reason, we still have these mutilation surgeries, puberty blockers, hormonal therapies, And what is supposed to be the Lone Star State, a state that stands up for individual rights, freedoms and liberties, especially parental rights to protect our children. So I could not think of anyone better to discuss this topic than a gentleman by the name of Brandon M. Showalter, who will be coming down to Dallas uh, pretty soon here to speak at First Baptist Church of Dallas on this very issue. Brandon Showalter is a journalist and podcaster with The Christian Post who has reported extensively on topics of theological interest in the church, bioethics issues such as euthanasia, assisted suicide, artificial reproductive technology and surrogacy, and the developments of the gender identity movement and transgender ideology, which I call gender dysphoria. He was first inspired to pursue a career in writing and journalism while mopping floors and scrubbing toilets as a church custodian in April 2015. I got pretty good at mopping floors and scrubbing toilets as a cadet going through my basic training to become an officer. He earned a bachelor's degree in international studies in Spanish from Bridgewater College in Virginia in 2007 a Master's of Arts in Human Rights from the Catholic University of America in 2022, and is a fellow of the John Jay Institute for Faith, Society, and Law. He is also a graduate, class of 2015, of a three-year non-degree program at Bethel School of Ministry in Redding, California. And he says his favorite thing to do in life is to sing. That's not one of my favorite things to do. I cannot do that very well. But we really want to talk to Brandon about this incredible book, Exposing the Gender Lie, How to Protect Children and Teens from the Transgender Industry's False Ideology. Brandon, thank you so very much for joining us here at the Step Fast and Law Podcast.
1: Thank you, Alan. So good to be here.
0: You know, when I think about this whole gender dysphoria, all of this transgender stuff, I mean, Five or so years ago, nobody was talking about this. How has this become such a large issue and an issue that is really garnering so much support for, to me, less than 1% of our population?
1: Well, I would even dispute that because I think everybody is male or female. And so you say less than 1%, you know, I don't respect the sort of nomenclature of anybody being ontologically trans or the opposite sex at all. Because, you know, nobody has ever been or ever will be born in the wrong body. But you're correct that very few people were talking about it even five, six years ago. In fact, I fell down this rabbit hole uh, soon after I got my start at the Christian Post in journalism in 2016. And previously, Alan, my grid for all of this was just the few oddballs at Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Not like they ever (laughs) went. I had no paradigm for any of this. But when I learned what they were doing to children in hospitals nationwide, giving them puberty blockers to halt their natural, normal puberty and then cross sex hormones and then body altering surgeries, I was just never the same man again. And I knew as a Christian and as a journalist, I had to highlight this and not participate in the deceitful language games of the media to your question about why this has gotten so big. Well, I'm going to give you a very journalistic answer, and that's I think you need to follow the money here. Yes. Because if you can get a child on a lifetime of experimental medicalization, you've got a customer for life. That's not tinfoil hat conspiracy. These puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and body-altering surgeries are very expensive, highly complicated. Follow-up care for those surgeries, you're going to (laughs) need so much. You know, Matt Walsh and his crew exposed the Vanderbilt where they even had Mm -hmm. on tape a doctor saying that they were going to have a lot of follow-ups, and thus it was a good moneymaker for the hospital. They actually said it. Yes. And so we have to think along those lines that it, we need to ask these questions. Well, who stands to benefit from medicalizing children in pursuit of a physiological impossibility? There's people who are making money. And then aside from the money, um, I, I do think that there is a spiritual element to this, of course, but we can't underestimate the ideological power and the grip that this has gotten on our institutions. That can't be overemphasized enough.
0: Well, you're absolutely right, and that's why I refer to it as a medical-industrial complex. And, you know, I brought up previously the whole thing about the Vanderbilt uh, Medical Center, where they talked about it, that this was a lucrative business. And even here in Texas, we've seen an increase of about 17 to 20 of these clinics that are going to be performing these type of surgeries. And you follow the money, you're right. And we can see why we have not had a lot done in Texas to combat this issue, because they have PACs. They're writing, you know, political contribution checks yes. and things of this nature, which to me is appalling that you have politicians more so concerned about lining their pockets than protecting mm. our children. And on top of that, you're right. This is you can change the external all you want. It's not changing your chromosomes, it's not changing your DNA or anything like that. But the concern that I have being, you know, a, a retired military officer of twenty-two years. When you have the Secretary of Defense writing a memo to the force saying that females, you know, real females, have to now get used to biological males being in their shower facilities or whatever. I mean, are we supposed to believe that the American taxpayers is supposed to pay for these services for people in the military? This is absurd.
1: It's top down social engineering at every single level in the military, in the school system in uh, medical care and me- medical facilities, everywhere you go, you can't get away from this. I mean, to the point where documents that you fill out, just to fill out, they give you male, female, and other, or some other nonsensical, yeah. quote unquote, gender identity. Uh, gender identity is a fictitious category that has been invented by ideologues, comes out of the, you know, the social psychology, sort of the pseudoscience academic world that has been foisted upon society And with brutal force and with brutal speed, this has taken off everywhere. And yes, taxpayers are funding this. You mentioned in the military where this is being underwritten for service members or in in the policies about showers and and separate sex facilities, which we thought were just a normal, decent thing. But in addition to the military, the NIH has been funding experiments on children. The Mm. NIH has been doing this kind of thing, medicalization. I've seen FOIA documents where gender clinics that have received grants from the NIH have lowered the age for children to receive not just blockers, but cross-sex hormone. In the cross-sex hormone cohort inclusion criteria for these studies, uh, children as young as eight being allowed. The <laughs> NIH is signing a lot to get cross-sex hormones. The the medical you know atrocities that are happening across this country are just simply breathtaking. And I, I used to hesitate saying this, but I've, gotten more comfortable with it because it's just true. I have Jewish friends and readers who read my reporting at the Christian Post, and they send me messages that chill my, that send shivers down my spine now, and they say that this feels eerily familiar. Yes, this Joseph is experimentation. Yeah, Joseph Jew- Jewish, yeah Jewish Americans, they, they, a lot of them are, you know, <laughs> are very alarmed by this. Black people also know yeah. what it's like to be experimented on. They don't take too kindly to be told that, oh, yeah, you need hormones to correct your body when there's nothing wrong with it. No, 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 absolutely not. And so um, I think that the medical issues are probably what's going to turn the tide on this. But the question remains is how many have to be harmed in the meantime before there's a reckoning?
0: How do we get the church to stand up against this? Because, uh, again, you are undermining a, a basic fundamental premise of the Christian Judeo-Christian faith heritage, that God created male and female, man and woman, Adam and Eve. You know, how do we get pastors to find the you know intestinal fortitude to not go along to get along with this insidious crap?
1: Well, that is a million dollar question. I wish I knew the answer to it because I'll tell you that's probably been one of my biggest frustrations. Um, uh, there are some churches that are speaking out boldly, and they have the kind of zeal that the hour demands. I think it's also important to show compassion for those who are struggling. But this is some, this is just some pretty grave evil. I'm not going to mince words about it. Uh, you mentioned I went to Catholic University for graduate school. Mm-hmm. I am myself not a Catholic. I'm an evangelical, Anglican slash Pentecostal, kind of a weird mutt, but I'm very much a believer <laughs> in the Lord Jesus Christ. But one of the things that a Catholic cardinal from Africa, Cardinal Robert Seurat said, is that gender ideology is a Luciferian yeah. creed that is, um, I mean, he he, just, he didn't mince words. Those Africans don't mess around with this. And no. you know, our USAID dollars are funding it over there even, believe it or not. Uh, it's just insane what's going on. Um, I think what I hope will cause pastors to get some intestinal fortitude is when they hear from the victims of this ideology. When you hear from detransitioners, this emerging group of people who went down this pathway and are now sterile and their bodies have been disfigured, and the carnage that is emerging such that it can't be ignored. I mean, I there's that famous line from Whitaker Chambers about I heard screams when he talked about the communists and you know living in a society, how he broke out of that cult. Well, I think maybe some pastors could gain some intestinal fortitude if they could hear the screams that I do. The parents who call me panicked out of their life. Atheists, some of them, telling me they're going to try to pray because they don't want their daughters to get testosterone at Planned Parenthood. I mean, I I'm not the same man I was, Alan. When you when you yeah. see these suffering parents, when you hear their, their their cries of agony, it's absolutely excruciating. And if pastors can't care about that, I don't even know what they're even doing in the pulpit because this is terrible. And the Lord Jesus Christ has some particularly strong words for those who lead children astray. And I have zero patience for any pastor who baptizes the sexual revolutionary ideology, gender ideology in particular, draping their you know, their are altars with rainbow flags. You, you you get Brandon Showalter very worked up when I see that kind of thing because this stuff is the most grotesque abuse of children I think I've ever seen. Uh, there isn't a millstone heavy enough in far, as far as I'm concerned. So pastors, if you want some guts, Consider the words of Jesus and what he said about protecting children.
0: Yeah, Luke 17 and 2. It would be as if they, they were better off to have a millstone, put about their necks and cast into the ocean than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So, pastors, you you hear this. I mean, you better straighten up and fly right, as uh, the drill sergeants used to tell us. Now. Now let's let's try to go back. Where did this come from? I mean, where where was this seed first planted? Uh, you know, was it in academia? Was it in you know the, the medical uh, industry or, arena? Where did or, or the political? Where did this whole thing of gender dysphoria first pop up? And now it is you know really just dominating uh, the news atmosphere or society.
1: Well, we say in Jeff Myers, my co-author and I say in exposing the gender lie the ebook that there really isn't anything new under the sun. And, you know, King it's Solomon like, and Ecclesiastes, yep. he makes that that clear. And we see even the apostle Paul write in 1 Corinthians about how isn't it the very nature of things shameful for a man to have long hair and the context of that verse is that a man is trying to appear as a woman for a manifestly sinful purpose. Mm-hmm. Even though there is nothing inherently wrong about men, 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 women having slightly shorter hair or men having slightly longer hair, because in the contemporary West, hairstyles are relatively morally neutral. Yeah. But the modern uh, explosion of gender ideology, it's a confluence of forces. Uh, I mentioned academia, and you, you say the medical-industrial complex. Queer theory emerged from academia many decades ago, but as it has been said, you know, what's taught in the classroom in one generation is practiced more widely in the mm-hmm. next. I'm paraphrasing that old adage. Well, queer theory is a it's been gestating within our academic institutions for some decades. We quote Judith Butler and Gail Rubin to name just two in our book where they are deconstructing the sexual binary and they manipulate words. And so now not only is gender just a social contract, but so is sex now, too. So the ideological framework has been brewing for some time. Well, when the medical industrial complex enters the picture and they can then design products to market to our youth as an identity, because unlike past medical scandals like thalidomide and lobotomies, those were not marketed to our youth as part of some, you know, identity, which a generation that's crying out for that amid the breakdown of faith and amid the breakdown of families, our youth, our troubled young people are sitting ducks for this kind of thing. And so when they are advertised, you know, this fictitious, you know, what one of my friends calls synthetic sex identities, as though that's going to give them meaning and purpose in life so that they can be their true authentic selves, as the dogma goes. Well, you've just got a recipe for disaster. And then all of this is reinforced, if not you know, instigated and starts starts in a lot of the schools where they're indoctrinated into this mm-hmm. medical scandal, because concurrent with the medical uh, medical industry's apparatus that's marketing this, you've got the ideological indoctrination happening in the schools as, as young as pre-K and kindergarten, in addition to what's going on at the university level, and then the media, which is basically the protection racket around both of these things, which enforce the narrative through the manipulation of words. I often like to say that the journalistic corruption has enabled the widespread medical harm. It's one big, many tentacled beast that's out there to devour our children, and if anybody should stand up and be counted against it, it's people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who, did, who reaffirmed Genesis, that we are made male and female in yep. God's image. And the Christian post is going to plant our flag on the hill of Genesis 127. That's not an optional doctrine. You can't get that wrong without getting the whole gospel wrong.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you on that. You know, it's interesting because the left is so good at manipulating language. That's when you can kind of get an understanding where they're going. And, you know, the American Psychiatric Association calls it a mental condition, gender dysphoria. And now they're coming up with gender... uh, affirming care Mm -hmm. like uh, this is really something that's supposed to be helpful you know one of the arguments and help us to understand and and the audience to understand how they can debunk this assertion by the left is that if we don't do this for our kids uh we're forcing them into committing suicide i see it as the opposite
1: yeah the suicide narrative is probably the most uh angering because it gets me very hot under the collar when parents especially are told in medical or clinical settings that, well, would you rather have a living son or a dead daughter? It's that kind of manipulation Mm -hmm. that is used to instill fear and panic in parents to strong arm them to go along with this experimental medicalization. Um, And to your point about the left-twisting language, Yes, but I'll tell you, even some conservative media is very disappointing on this front because they use the language of the opposition.
0: Absolutely,
1: <laughs> and um, and I'll say also, just credit where it's due. I know some radical feminists and even lesbian activists who are with us yes. on these issues. They, I mean, uh, the truth is true no matter who says it, and so well, I will take anybody who says the truth. But I'll well, make your point. Y- you think about it, they're yeah. destroying Title IX. They're yeah. destroying women's
0: sports. I mean, this guy up in at University of Pennsylvania jumping in and swimming against oh, yes. females. Yeah. So, but I'll let you continue on.
1: Well, that's that, and I think that was. You know, I know people who once they saw that guy on the swimming block, they threw the towel and said, "I'm done. I'm 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 done being quiet about this because that just kind of encapsulated the ridiculous and insane nature of this whole whole debate." But you had asked me about, you know, the twisting of language. And uh, what was your, the second half of that question? I'll, I'll finish oh, myself.
0: Well, you, you, you hit on the, uh, the issue of how do we debunk this theory oh, of Oh, the suicide. You know, suicide. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the – I mean, no parent wants to hear that their child is going to wind up dead. That's everybody's worst nightmare. Yeah. And so, of course, that's used. And, yes, there have been some famous cases because it's been broadcast in the media of gender-confused young people actually taking their own lives and so they are held out as this is what's going to happen to your child too. The problem is suicide is such a complicated thing. You cannot reduce it down to just one cause. Mm -hmm. That Usually people who are experiencing suicidal ideation, there are many things going on in their life. And so to say with certainty that unless you allow a child to take blockers or go on hormones or have a surgery that they're going to or will very likely take their own lives by suicide. It's, it's just straight up manipulation. And in fact, the, w- w- the study that is often cited, and I'll cite it here, is by Cecilia Dejny in, out of Sweden, where they actually, because they have centralized you know, numbers because of their medical system over there, measured from, I think, three decades. They followed all the post-operative, what were then called transsexual persons uh, years ago and found that that group of people, even after undergoing all of this <laughs> medical treatment, put that in air quotes, a 19 times higher hazard rate of completed suicide when measured against population matched control groups Mm -hmm. and so the the propaganda that comes from the alphabet soup propaganda groups about your teens are going to commit suicide unless you allow them to medicalize like this it's just manipulation and yes i think that it, it just stands to reason that if you irreversibly alter your body and you 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 wind up sterile because that's what the combination of blockers and hormones cause and then you disfigure your body. You wanna talk about regret and suicidal ideation? A lot of it sets in after, and I have interviewed detransitioners who have said as much, that they have, They are filled with regret. They thought this was going to be the fix to their problems, and they realized they were sold a bill of goods. You know, A lot of these people who are being led down this pathway have very complicated mental health profiles. They need help, they need counseling, they're dealing with depression and social anxiety and a variety of other things. Some of them, a lot of them are on the autism spectrum. Some of them are just same-sex attracted. It's a myriad of, of, of issues. And so this idea that somehow by changing your body irreversibly in pursuit of a physical impossibility is going to make all of your problems going away, it's like snake oil. Yeah. No, this is not, and, and moreover, it's just not medically ethical. Since when did it become medically ethical to sterilize someone uh, in pursuit of, of a lie, you know, sterilizing, why that doesn't trigger more people in light of some of our own history in this country of yeah. black men, Tuskegee, and yes, all the experiments Tuskegee's that have been done in past mm-hmm. years where people wound up sterile. I mean, it's one thing if you have cancer and you go on chemo and that's an unfortunate side effect, but at least there you're going after a physical disease. When you're sterilizing people who are suffering psychologically, I'm sorry, no. And since when did you cut off physically healthy organs? If you, why, why do you, I mean, surgery, that should be thought of as the very last thing to do in a medical context. If you've got breast cancer, okay, you might have to have a mastectomy, but they usually try to get rid of it another way so that you don't lose an organ. We're talking about removing physically healthy organs from girls as young as 13 in this country. I have seen that documented. I mean, these are atrocities going on. There are medical crimes and, I can't tell you how much it just causes me such anguish and agony to see the carnage of this in my social media feeds, because not only is the medical harm so visible, but these young people have been indoctrinated to believe that the medical harm is actually health. Everything is inverted, as I was saying earlier. Not only is the medical harm terrible, but concurrent with that has been this ideological indoctrination to believe that harm to their bodies is actually health care. You know, Gender you just care.
0: yeah, you just mentioned something earlier that a lot of people don't realize that this is now being looked at as Planned Parenthood as a new business opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, not just murdering unborn babies in the womb all the way up to birth, but now they're looking at this whole, you know, transitioning of of individuals. And, and again, the mutilation, the, the puberty blockers, the hormonal therapies. And the interesting thing is that when you really study and you read and understand Margaret Sanger and her warped mind, Uh, She gave birth to someone by the name of Joseph Mengele, uh, and he did a lot of these weird experiments, like you said, on, you know, Jewish kids and things of this nature. Mm -hmm. This is this is pure evil. So as we wrap up this interview, what are the one to two things? What are the calls to action that you can give to the audience here at the Steadfast and Law podcast?
1: Uh, another million dollar question because I think there are a number of things that people can do. Um, and yes, the the Planned Parenthood point is correct. This is this is I learned very recently actually this a lot of that I thought I learned that they were in on this gender uh hormones <laughs> uh income stream for for their for their business, and it is a business. But um I think the best advice I can give for what people can do if they care about this and if you think that this isn't going to affect your family, that's what every mom and dad says to me when they call me. They never right. thought like anything like this. So you need to realize that this could come for your own kids. And so take every measure that you think you need to do, sever all of the influence that for transgender ideologues. get your kids off tech, social media, it's poison. I would I would be extremely watchful at their media intake. But if you're a Christian parent and you're listening to me, I think the first thing that you need to do, is get on your knees and ask the Holy Spirit what your part to play is in this. And whatever he tells you to do, just do that. I can't give you any better advice than that. But uh, the other thing that I think is very important is that when we think about having compassion for people, both people who are struggling with these psychological ailments and for families who are dealing with this, um, the word compassion means suffering with, to suffer with, compassion. And I think if you want to get a taste of the anguish of what parents and other people are dealing with, we need to familiarize ourselves with their pain. And on that note, I will very much recommend a documentary that I was a part of that came out before Christmas called Dead Name. It's two words. It can be seen at deadnamedocumentary.com. It profiles three families that have been shattered by this. The media, the, the corporate press likes to present this beautiful face of families of quote unquote transgender children. Well, this movie, was not, and the, the producer was not a religious person, profiles three families that will tell you, as Paul Harvey might say, the rest of the story. We need to familiarize ourselves with those who have been through the meat grinder of this experimental medicalization and realize the gravity of the situation that we are dealing with. I think, and I've often said, that when this spell of gender ideology breaks of our, off of our society, Alan, people like you and me are going to be among the few that are not shocked by the vast scope of how many people have been harmed and irreversibly so. God have mercy on our nation for what we have done to our children.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is the modern-day acolytes of the Baal god Moloch, once again, sacrificing our children. So Brandon Showalter, the author, along with Jeff Myers, the author of Exposing the Gender Lie, How to Protect Children and Teens from the Transgender Industry's False Ideology. Where can people follow you out there on social media and other platforms? (laughs)
1: They can follow me on Twitter at, at Brandon M. Show. ChristianPost.com is where we will find all of our print reporting. Um, you can check out our podcast called Generation Indoctrination Inside the Transgender Battle, which is wherever you get your podcasts, GenerationIndoctrination.com or on Spotify. And if you're interested in the ebook that I co authored with Jeff Myers, go to ChristianPost.com slash ebook slash gender hyphen lie. And it's downloadable for free.
0: Thank you so much for again. As I said, being the tip of the spear and being out there because we need good, strong Christian men, warriors to stand in the gap and protect our children. So God bless you all, Brandon, and you and give Dr. Myers my regards as well.
1: Thank you, Alan. So appreciate it.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Step Fast and Law podcast. All right, that's it.
1: Very good. Now, my picture was frozen the whole time, but I gather you guys got it recorded there. No, it's all good. Okay, Good.
0: Yep, we're square I get, away.
1: I get, I get a little fired up on this topic. Can you tell? <laughs> no, uh,
0: I don't know if you saw my monologue from last week. I, I think I, I, I beat you a little bit on intensity. Well,
1: I, we need feisty, fiery people, and I'll tell you the one thing before I go. I'll just tell you very quickly that this is that spurred me on a couple of years ago. A very godly pastor that I know told me that he had a dream, and I wouldn't just take this from anybody, but this is a very godly, humble man, and it, it was so powerful. I woke up and he couldn't stop crying for the rest of the night. But he, um, he had a dream in which he saw a bunch of children who had been, you know, mutilated and disfigured from trans surgery. Uh-huh. And that still small voice of the Holy Spirit said to him, the iniquity of the Amorites in America is complete. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the Amorite types of Genesis 15, what God told Abraham back then, like, yep. those type of people in our nation, God is going to bring cleansing and judgment against them soon, and, like, Lord hasten that day. And so until then, I'm just going to do my little part and trust that God will destroy this evil in its perfect timing. Same here.
0: So. Right with you, Brandon. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. God bless. Safe travels coming down here to Dallas. Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.
0: Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for taking the time to join us here on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. Special shout out and thanks to Brandon Showalter for being with us and his thoughts, perspectives, and the insights on what without a doubt has to be the medical industrial complexes, transgender industry ideology that we must protect our children from. If you like this podcast, please click the like button and share it with others. Until next time, steadfast and loyal.
1: Before they burn it down.